President Biden stumbling, fumbling, bumbling as he was giving out medals of honor and he forgot that he was in the middle of the ceremony. That's right, the middle of the ceremony. And he decided, oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to walk on out of here. That was weird, but we got it for you. Don't at me starts right now. Good morning and welcome. It's the lull before the storm. It is Wednesday. You know what the hell Wednesday is coming up and we're getting ready for a big football weekend starting tomorrow. So we're going to talk to Armando, but let's go right to the video. Our president did it again. Our wandering president doesn't know where he is. Where, where am I? What happened here? Oh, I don't know. The guy that literally cannot pick his feet up, cannot put three sentences together was handing out medals. He was handing out medals to servicemen. He was handing out medals for meritorial service. That's the word medal. Well, guess what? The service wasn't over. He had more to give. Gave one, and here is what happened to our El Presidente. Look at him. Look at him. He... (laughs) Oh, man. Look, I don't blame Biden for walking away. It's embarrassing. He might turn into flames. He might burst into flames being around such greatness. I mean, you see all the medals on that guy, but... All you got to do is go back and look at the dark eyes, the look that says, I don't know where the hell I am, where am I going, what am I doing? And he got out of there. I don't blame him. I mean, one, Biden, a complete fraud, a complete awful human being, a complete fool, a complete bribing, pandering, lying, whatever. And the other, a medal winner, a hero, Medal of Honor winner. And Biden's like, I ain't staying around here. I don't blame him. He had no idea where he's going. And yet Jill, the doctor, the doctor, decides that we're going to put him out there. All right. I don't know about you, man, but this is just simply gross. A Delta flight had to be grounded, not because of something external to the plane, not because of smoke. Diarrhea was the culprit. Let's have a look. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. They had diarrhea, diarrhea all through the airplane. So they had to come back for a landing. Now, a lot of us have just made it to the toilet in a nick of time. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you're on a flight and you know it's coming and you get to my age and it comes. Hey, you ever want real diarrhea? Get yourself a 36-hour cleanse. Do a 36-hour cleanse and next thing you know, you are the next day, two days later, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. It was dribbling down the aisle. Flight attendants tried masking the smell with vanilla disinfectant. It still smelled horrible. It was two hours into its journey from Atlanta to Barcelona. The pilot made the decision to turn the plane around. Ha, <laughs> ha, and they had to go back because somebody couldn't get to the crapper. And those of us that sometimes don't get to the crapper, we understand what the story is here. 
and it ain't a good story. Not at all. Why am I yelling? Because I don't know, because I'm a guy. And when we talk about diarrhea or we talk about farts, guys get loud. We do. I'm sorry. I know it's weird, but we do. It's what we like. It's what we are. Hey, as Lee says, men are simple. Men are simple. I mean, to tell you, we like farts. We like diarrhea jokes. And also, guess what? Apparently, some men like kissing women after soccer matches. That's right. Women win, men kiss. Don't understand it. We'll never understand it. But hey, it is what it is. I love these names. I absolutely love these names. Vilda, V-I-L-D-A, is the name of the soccer coach. All right? He's out. Vilda, out. Masoy tiempo, Dinaba. Whenever I go over here to the, uh, to the uh, bank, there is a lady. I told her, look, I'm learning how to speak Spanish. And she goes, give me something. And the only thing I know is, ¿cuántos años tiene hoy? Which is, how old are you? Yeah, well, what are you going to do? So Vilda is out. There's more fallout fall, uh, from the guy who is the head of the Spanish Federation. What did this guy do? What did Vilda do? Vilda didn't do nothing. Vilda just sitting there winning a championship. Next thing you know, dudes are kissing women. Women don't want to be kissed. The world goes nuts, and this guy's out. Everybody's out. The guy in the right's the smoocher. The guy in the right's the mad smoocher. Why isn't he out? Somebody tell me. Make him go out. Kiss gate. Look, here's the deal. I mean, we act like you give someone a kiss, it's like a major deal. Dude was excited, lost his mind. It was stupid. Of course it was stupid. And the girl was laughing about it. You know the girl was laughing about it. Until, of course, it popped up on social media. And once it popped up on social media, well, we can't do this. Nah. Giving me gas. Billy Napier is the head coach of Florida. Billy Napier is one of those guys that is on the wrong side of the media. He just is. He's a coach in Florida, and he's not winning. That puts you on the wrong side of the media. I'm committed to not getting used to it. I love football coaches. Now, Billy Napier is like, I don't know, six and eight. And we're going to show you a graphic here. In fact, let's do it right now, because our friend, friend of the show, Dan Mullen, he appears to be enjoying Billy Napier's last la- lack of success. Dan Mullen favorited this. Last six coaches when reaching eight losses. 31 and 8, Urban. 27, 18 and 8. Even Munchap, who was a complete clown. Look at Mullen, 29 and 8, 6 and 8. Remember when Dan Mullen couldn't recruit? Remember when everybody was all upset about Dan Mullen? Oh my God. Oh my God. Dan Mullen's awful. Well, now people are starting to say, hey, I can't believe y'all ran Dan Mullen out. Like, if you're going to run a coach out that's 29 and 8, you got to do it for like Deion Sanders or Urban Meyer. I told you this before. I told you this during the coach hiring season. You don't just run a coach out because winning is hard. It's hard. And you never F with winning. The Colts F with winning with Ryan Grigson, and now they're stuck in an abyss. It's unbelievable. I say it all the time. Look, athletic directors don't understand it. 
Fans don't understand it. D-bag blogger boys don't understand it. But the fact of the matter is, those of us that coach, those of us that study this, absolutely understand you don't F with winning. Period. Now, you don't like the winning? I don't care. I don't want to hear it. That's on, that's on you. You don't F with winning. Period. Period. All right, I love women. You know I love women, and I cannot wait to have Kelly in Vegas on the show. There's a lady. She went viral. Yeah, she did. She went viral. What'd she go viral for? I mean, it's not going to be something great. Uh, maybe she saved kittens and puppies. I don't know. But no, she did not save kittens and puppies. She chugged beers on Instagrams, and this is actually a story. Wait till I get to the story about the two little twins down at Miami who beat Indiana in basketball that take their clothes off, put their finger in their mouth. One of them had to get to therapy. That's the world we worry about now. But anyway, there's a lady. She's a beer chugger. She put on Instagram. I love you all. Let's see your Instagram. Hey, guys. So I just wanted to address the elephant in the room real quick. Obviously went to the U.S. Open this past weekend. And for whatever reason, whoever was in charge did not want me on the Jumbotron this year. I don't know their reasons. They didn't share them with me. But I still had a lot of fun. And I'm at peace with it. Know the universe has a plan for me, and like I said last time, Beer Girl is a part of me, and maybe I'll take her to another sport that wants some of her fun-loving energy soon, so look out for that. But as for now, this is not the end. It is only the beginning of a new era. I can't wait to start sharing all the other sides of me with you guys, too, so can't wait. The world we live in, it gets even better. You remember the Cavender twins? You remember the two Cavender twins, little girls... Took a lot of money to go over to Miami, play basketball, take their clothes off, pose on the beach, stick their finger in their mouth. One of them was a really good player. I think it was Haley. So Haley goes into Indiana and knocks in two free throws and shushes everybody. Gives them the big shush, right? So the Cavender twins, other one, the other one that takes her clothes off, sticks her finger in her mouth and makes a lot of NIL money, Hannah was sad because her twin sister was successful and Hannah was just a little girl that, well, took her clothes off, stuck her finger in her mouth and posed for pictures for NIL month. So Hannah had to go to therapy. Oh, imagine that. Imagine a little girl in college that takes her clothes off, sticks her finger in her mouth and takes pictures while watching others have success in the actual sport that they're playing. Need therapy. They all need therapy. Every one of them needs therapy. Oh, my God. Uh, What bikini are you wearing? What finger are you sticking in your mouth? I got no respect for it. If you don't like it, I don't care. Hey, let's get back to some news here. Travis Kelsey, this is going to be interesting. We're talking to Kelly in Vegas coming up. She is, in a word, awesome. You know how much I love women, particularly strong women, particularly strong sports gambling women. You know how I feel about this. Oh, my God, what clothes are we going to take off today? What finger do you want to stick in your mouth? And which side of our ass are we taking a picture of? Oh, my God. I'm wearing Dior. <laughs> my, this is all from my wife. This isn't me. This is Lee making fun of him. I'm just, I'm just a conduit. I'm just the platform guy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> sometimes I just – sometimes the show has to go off the rails because I like it. All right, Travis Kelsey is playing against the Lions. Travis Kelsey, by the way, 
Can we just say this out loud? Travis Kelsey's unlikable. I know you guys think he's likable. He's like Gronkowski and Frank Kaminsky. Remember when Gronkowski was all the rage? They're never going to be Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's likable. Pat McAfee's vicious. Pat McAfee's brutal. Pat McAfee's demanding. But Pat McAfee's likable. Travis Kelsey on these commercials isn't likable. He's like that white dude uh, that wears gold chains and goes to a LeBron game wearing a LeBron jersey and goes, oh, he's just unlikable. I'm sorry he is. I know you guys think he's hilarious, man. No, he's not. No, he's not. McAfee's where McAfee is because McAfee's a stud and he's likable. Gronk's doing the same Gronk act stupid because he's just a big dumb guy or a big dumb acting guy, and Kelsey's of the same ilk, and Frank Kaminsky we don't even hear anymore, although he did marry a hot ESPN anchor. Anyway, so Kelsey hyperextends his knee. The world is going nuts. The world is all excited about the game coming up against the Lions because, well, big fat football guy Dan Campbell has his team rocking and rolling. Look, I don't know. People ask me all the time. How will that impact the game? Well, I think it will impact the game. I think if they say that Kelsey's out, but Kelsey, they say, has his ACL intact. Hyperextending your knee is not good. A stretched ligament, according to my peeps, always has been basically the same as a tore ligament. I don't know if it's a stretch. It just said hyperextended. The line is four and a half. But let's be honest. You cannot, I don't care who you are. Chris Jones is out for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey's out. I don't care who you are. If you lose your best players, and those are two of their best, you can have Patrick Mahomes. But eventually it catches up to you. Now, hopefully he's back, and we'll see if the Lions are for real. Jared Goff had a terrific year last year. But the fact of the matter is, the fact is, you can't lose, even if you have Mahomes, your best players and think you're going to compete. I'm just telling you. No. No. Hey, we got a golf rider triggered. We got a golf rider triggered because Dunlap did not shake the hand of Brown. Rude and unnecessary. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Let's move along. Christian Pulisic is a little batch. Now, Christian Pulisic is a guy that you all love. Oh, my God. He's the best soccer player ever. That's like saying the most handsome man at the Dockets family reunion. It doesn't have much meaning. But Christian Pulisic is saying, let them know they're invited to uh, U.S. national games too. Okay, Christian, that's because celebrities are going to see Messi. Well, Christian, there hasn't been a day in your life that you're anywhere near Messi, anywhere near as interesting. You're a white bread American dude that chose to play overseas. You're a good player. Maybe you are the best. But your team stinks, it's uninteresting, and the sport is boring. Messi comes over, the guy's great, the team gets interesting, and the games are fun. Mostly because Messi's in him. In fact, only because Messi's in him. Get off your ass, do something, quit being a little batch, win some games, and get interesting. Don't become the Megan Rapino of men's soccer where we're like, yeah, he's just a little batch. Hi, guys. You can come to the men's game, too. Shut up. Shut up. At least learn how to say it. Learn how to speak man. I've told you this before. I taught my son how to speak man. He started to get a little wimpy sound to him. I'm not having it. Learn how to speak man. 
Guys, you can come. Now, hey, we're going to kick somebody's ass. And when we do, we'd like to see you over here. But wait until we start kicking ass. That's how you speak, man. You don't stand on the sideline like Kyle Tabor like this. You stand like a freaking man. Pulisic needs, a, needs me. The world needs me. Pulisic needs to learn how to speak man. Ah. Seriously. Don't speak in freaking uh, passive-aggressive tones. In fact, I don't even know what passive-aggressive tones mean. Uh, my kids said that you're always passive-aggressive. I don't know what that means. I, I, I don't know. My son doesn't understand. He's got COVID. So I know I'm all supposed to lose my mind, right? I'm not losing my mind at all. He's texting me. He's got COVID. You know what I told him? I said, hey, look, tell your coach you're resting. Come on over and play golf with me this afternoon. Uh, Questionable touchdown. Beating the bookie, not happy. Penn State gets a questionable touchdown in, uh, (coughs) in garbage time. You can't tell me. James Franklin didn't know what the spread and total was. He covered both with eight seconds left when he could have taken it. Yeah, tough shit. I mean, who really cares? Seriously, who cares? Look, in this day and age, you got to score every touchdown you can because football media are among the dumbest. In fact, I believe that NFL media, other than Amondo, doesn't actually look or watch the games. I believe they phone it in with the stupid takes we hear. But if you're currently, tell me I'm wrong. You're a college football coach. You got to win by 100. Every week. Ohio State won 20 to 3, and people are whining. You make that 27 to 3, people aren't whining as much. You score a late touchdown against Indiana, they are not whining that much. And back in the day, like 92, 93, Penn State was number one in the country. They came into IU and they were beating them like 45 to 7. Chris Ditto led IU to like three touchdowns in garbage time. It ended up like 45 to 28. That was the reason Penn State, at the time you had to get voted in, did not get into the national championship game, that game. So I don't blame James Franklin at all. And if you think it was because of the spread, good for you. I got to tell you, as a 30-year coach who grew up in and around gambling, I never knew one spread. Didn't want to, didn't need to, was not going to do it. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this kid, Riley Leonard. Riley Leonard's a quarterback. At Duke, you know, he he whined to his professor, let me out. Hey, how about you just do your work? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You know I have a story for everything. We're playing Iowa State, late game, get home at 3 in the morning, showed up for my 8 o'clock class, Professor Gans. I had between a, probably a C and a B. He gave me a B. I went to see him. I said, why'd you give me a B? He said, you remember after the uh, uh, Iowa State game, you guys got home really late. Everybody watched it. And when I came into class, I didn't expect to see you there, but you were sitting right there in the front row. Showed everybody in the class, because they knew who you were, that you should be a class. So it was close, B.C., so I gave you the B because of that. I liked it. I do. I liked it. Anyway, uh, do we have the picture of – we got to have the picture of the wristband that Riley Wallace's mom – or Riley Leonard's mom sent. I mean, you got to have that. I mean, if we're going to talk about it, you got to have the picture. His mom says, hey, you suck before every game.
And she and so he put it on a wristband. Well, the wristband says you suck. That's his mother. He needs somebody, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, uh, you know to keep him right. So anyway, I guess we don't have it. You got to have that one. You got to have the wristband if we're going to talk about the wristband. Army creates a new program to shake up, uh, shape up overweight recruits. Well, give me the video then. Oh, we got a video? All right. I mean, I'll get the wristband for you here. I'll get the wristband. Anyway, Army creates a new program to shape up overweight recruits as it fights ongoing recruiting process. The program was launched in August of 2022. It allows recruits who do not meet the Army's weight or academic performance standards to enlist into the course where they receive up to 90 days. To reach compliance, what we're doing here is we're getting fat guys in here. We're getting fat guys in here. That's what we're doing. We're recruiting fat dudes in the Army. That's what we're doing. (laughs) I know, I know, 10,260 soldiers have moved on from one of the courses in their basic training. How about that? Hey, if we got to get you skinny, we got to get you skinny. Go over there and fight. That's it. That's it. Hey, look, I got to tell you, I saw, I saw two military dudes in church. These dudes weren't fat. They were in fatigues at church. St. Simon's over here. They're like the last dudes I would ever mess with ever, ever, ever. Hey, if you're fat, you're fat. Go fight. Austin police make Austin weird. My daughter was just there. This is idiotic. This is completely, totally idiotic. Insanely idiotic. Call 311, not 911 if you're having problems and you're a victim of a crime. Call 311. Mention in your report. Make a report that you're coming from a bank when the crime was committed. Include the time and date of your money withdrawal. So this dude got robbed. He was, he was, he was in a bank, gets robbed, and he's like, hey, I got robbed. They told him to call 311. 311. Don't call 911. We don't have enough stamp. And you know what? Austin is nuts. You know what Austin is? Austin is one of these liberal-ass little towns that wanted to defund the police, and now it's out of its mind in crime, and the police chief has walked away. It's unbelievable. Yeah, call 311. Okay. All right. Okay. If that's what you're telling me, that's what you're telling me. That's crap. What are we paying for? Like, what, 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 what? What are we paying for? You know what I mean? Like, we pay taxes. I pay more tax than I got cents. And what are we paying for? I mean, we're not paying to have schools and police tell me what in the Sam hell we're paying for. I'll hang up and listen. Jeez. Man, oh, man, oh, man. All right, Sohei Otani, this is an important story. 
It is. Otani's hurt, and I don't like it. Otani is not going to pitch probably next year. He's going to have Tommy John. Now, somebody, he may have Tommy John. Now, I got to ask you a question. How the hell do you hit with Tommy John? Like, they say it takes Tommy John surgery a year to recover. So, Otani is going to get up there, swing a bat. I mean, everything gets ripped up here with Tommy John. Everything. The whole damn thing gets ripped up. And you're telling me that's, no, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, 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 no, no. He is not going to pitch. I am not happy about it. And, oh, by the way, sidebar to this, hey, man, Mike Trout's getting pissed. Now, I know every big league guy tells me Mike Trout's greatest player in the history of baseball. He's put up numbers. Oh, okay, great. Here's what I think about Mike Trout. He gets hurt too much, and he needs a damn he needs a damn postseason moment. And until that happens, no more Mike Trout. I'm like the soup Nazi here. No Trout for you. No Trout for you. I'm not having it. Why am I yelling all morning? I don't know. <laughs> Honest to God. So anyway, so Tani has to pitch. Last thing before I get to Kelly in Vegas. Hey, hey, holy mackerel, no doubt about it. The Cubs are on their way. Last night, so, wait, I don't even know his first name. Sija Suzuki is on fire for the Cubs. On fire. They get up. They get down. Suzuki hits a 408-yard bomb. Next thing you know, they go for the sweep. That's right. They go for the sweep of the San Francisco Giants today around noon. That's right. The sweep at noon. Look, here's the deal. They gained a half a game on the Brewers. They're only three games back in the loss column. Now, they got a brutal end of the season, so we're going to have to hang on here. But last night's game, Lee and I are sitting there. She's reading her book. I'm trying to figure out what to talk about on the show. And next thing you know, Boom, 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 boom. Chris Morrell, boom. 430 feet in the center field after Suzuki tied it. And the Cubs bullpen hung on. Last thing, you guys that watch baseball, I'll tell you what's weird. Sean Black, I know you watch a lot of baseball. You coach baseball. I'll tell you what's weird. Tell you what's weird. Everybody can hit 99. 99 used to be a fastball that nobody could hit. Everybody can hit 99. Everybody. Everybody. Like this kid, I forget his name for the Cubs. I love him. He comes in, he's throwing cheese. Real formage. And they're just up there following. They're hitting them. All right, when we come back, get your pen, get your paper. Kelly from Vegas is coming on. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. All right, we're getting right into this because when you have a superstar on the show, you you, got to get Kelly in Vegas Rocking and rolling. Let's do it. Thank you for coming on to the show, by the way. And by the way, uh, I'm going to expose you right here, woman. 
Your name's a fraud. You're in Florida. Uh, well, you're not supposed to tell people that I retired <laughs> and uh, moved to the Sunshine State. Uh, no, listen, I, I'm in Vegas all the time. I lived there for almost 15 years. Sometimes you just got to go right off into the sunset and, and, and retire and uh, so you can feel a lot younger. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Florida's great. Yeah, Vegas, I saw, I saw, all right, I'm going to be, I guess, sexist here, but I saw too many women fighting. I went there in the fall, in the spring, and I'm sitting there, and women are fighting in the casino, and I'm like, I, I don't need this in my life. I don't need it, Kelly. That's just wild. I don't know if I've ever even seen a fight in Vegas. I've seen some other really oh. crazy things happen, obviously, but I don't know if I've ever seen women fighting in the casino. Twice. It's unbelievable. I think they were professional women, if you know what I'm saying. I'm just, oh, and I was staying at a nice place. That's always a fun game I to think play. They were pro. Sit at the center bar, figure out who's working and who's not. <laughs> yes. And you don't always need a laptop to be working. Anyway, uh, Travis Kelsey, it's four and a half. Does he affect the line? Does Chris Jones affect the line? Well, Chris Jones doesn't affect the line, but of course, Travis Kelsey, who is arguably Mahomes' best receiver, affects the line. That's why we've seen this one open six and a half, was pretty much six most of yesterday, five and a half down to four and a half. Travis Kelsey, in my numbers, is worth about two and a half points, so I do think the line move is warranted should he not play. Last I saw, still TBD, uh, but I can tell you this. I have uh, a bum knee myself. You hyperextend it. You might not be uh, performing at 100% 48 hours later. Oh, I've had five knee surgeries. I, I need a replacement. You know, uh, I, I know I look 29, but I'm 61. I get it. I totally, oh, I get it. So which way would you go in this game? Because I'm betting this game. I don't care if he plays or not. I am betting this game. It's the first NFL game. My fat ass is betting this game. So there's a couple of caveats here, right? Uh, Chiefs in prime time, we know, have just been statistically great, at least in terms of winning. Now, I am not one of those that is really high on the Detroit Lions. I'm not saying the Detroit Lions Ooh. aren't going to be improved. I'm just not super high on them. Jared Goff has looked well. Everybody loves Dan Campbell. But yes, at six and a half, I had no choice but to look at Detroit in this game. Travis Kelsey injury down to four and a half. I think most of the value here is gone. I expect to see a really awesome Thursday night game for a change. We'll see if uh, this doesn't end with a field goal win by the Chiefs. You know what? One of the things that you said in that is something that I'm, I'm interested in. Dan Campbell, look, you and I both know you can get on the right side of the media. You get on the right side of the media, it's all flowers and bouquets. You get on the wrong side of the media, you're a mass murderer. You should never be allowed in a stadium, right? Dan Campbell is clearly on the right side of the media. You think that affects people's mindset when they go to bet? Oh, absolutely. The public perception is always built into these lines in the NFL. And, and when we get into talking college here, it, you can see it's already overreaction week. So NFL week one, I always like to tread lightly. NFL week two, forget what you saw on Sunday, Thursday, and Monday night because it is going to be a completely different ball game the following week. The bookmakers bait you into it. Regardless if they admit to it or not, that public perception is absolutely built into the line. Uh, you have some you, you you and I were speaking off air, and I don't know if you're liking or disliking the Colts. What say you, woman? Yeah, the Colts are going to be my best bet this weekend. Uh, you guys are going to see me all season long pick absolutely disgusting underdogs that I think have a chance to win outright. 
I uh, living in Florida, I got to see a couple Anthony Richardson games last season. And yes, he had some moments of greatness and uh, he had some moments of not so greatness. I do think he is a wonderfully athletic quarterback. Now we're going to see what uh, Shane Steichen has to say about that. No, Jonathan Taylor is built into this line as well. But I think bookmakers kind of expected that with either the holdout or the injury. Five and a half is entirely too many points here for a divisional home dog. Divisional home dogs, 62 44 and two against the spread week one. I've got a few of them circled this weekend and the Colts are my number one pick. The Colts, I've got them right here on our DraftKings. I've got them given five. You cool with five? I'm going to take them outright. I have a feel. All right, this is my stupidity. Whenever you make a big deal about a streak, Colts haven't won an opener since 2013, and that's like a big deal here, okay? I always feel like it's the no-hitter rule. When you start talking about a guy with a no-hitter, the no-hitter gets broke. You start talking about this streak, everybody – that's why I'm going to take them both. I'm going to take them money line, and I'm going to take them getting five. Let me go back to Richardson for a second. You like him throwing the ball at all? If it came down to, you know, late game, he's got to go 70 yards. You like him throwing the ball? Yeah, this is tough for me. It's a little scary. You never know what you're going to get. He's kind of like Jameis Winston. Is he going to throw a touchdown pass or a pick six? And uh, that's what it's ultimately going to come down to on Sunday for this Colts team. But, yes, the plus 180 on the money line is absolutely worth a sprinkle here, Dan. Could this could this be a last-second field goal type game where the Jags come out and win it? Sure. But I think that the Colts team at home catching, you know, almost $2 here, you have to. If you're taking the five, you have to put a little bit on the money line here. Everybody in America is betting Colorado and uh, Nebraska. I mean, that's like I was reading. That's like the most bet college football game. Everybody's on the Deion Sanders train. Am I looking at fading Deion here? What am I looking at? Well, this one's really tough, right? We've been talking about this game since last Saturday, and that's because, again, I don't like to overreact to what I saw last. So what did I see? I saw TCU and Colorado share scores. Not a single semblance of defense was had in that game. I have my concerns about Colorado's defense being their Achilles heel. Dion, does he have those boys fired up? Absolutely. That's something I love to see in a spot I usually love to bet on. Now, what did we see from Nebraska and Minnesota? It was an absolute and utter snooze fest, Dan. I fell asleep on the couch. How embarrassing. I couldn't even watch the second half. I woke up and, and saw Minnesota, you know, hitting a little uh, field goal to win it. But besides that, it was boring. But you know what I did see? I saw a little bit of Nebraska defense, maybe a lack of Minnesota offense. I, if I'm being frank here, I'm not betting this game. Uh, teams that don't pass the eye test for me are a big, a big deal. I know a ton of sharp people that say this is a big overreaction. I don't know what the line was at DraftKings over the summer, but in Vegas, Colorado was a seven-point underdog. And we just talked about overreactions. They're now a three-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a little bit of a market mover. Uh, again, not getting involved, but I want to caution everybody. Just because what you saw last does not mean what you're going to see yet again. Nebraska's probably going to be watching a ton of tape all week long. They had to have been uh, pretty upset that they lost that game in Minneapolis. That was a tough one to lose. We'll see if Matt Rule uh, can't get it together here and maybe spring the upset on Dion. The great Lou Holtz told me one time, the team you had yesterday is not the team you have today, and it won't be the team you have tomorrow. 
So there you go. I will tell you this also, Kelly. You are not the only one. I've said this for years. You know how game day, you know, is all energy and they sing the song and, you know, you watch game day in the morning and then then it comes. Noon comes and it's the Minnesota-Nebraska game. That game is the cure for insomnia. If you can't sleep, don't take NyQuil. Watch the noon Big Ten game after game day. I, I feel you, sister. You got you to gotta just get used to it. It's Big Ten smash mouth football. And, uh, hey, I'll be cheering for Nebraska because I'm just one of those contrarians that loves to see complete and utter chaos in college football. All right. I'm going with a few things here. Uh, home dogs in the NFL. Pittsburgh plus two and a half. We already mentioned the Colts at plus five. We've got the Browns plus two and a half against no Joe Burrow. We've got the Patriots getting four against the Eagles. We've got a bunch of home dogs. Giants getting three and a half at home against the Cowboys. The Jets getting two and a half at home. We got a bunch. Is this, I'm not really followed this particular trend, but you just mentioned it, so I looked it up. Is this normal, this many? This is quite a few, actually. And uh, it's interesting because I'm going to be a complete and utter wuss here, Dan, and say I'm not betting these teams against the spread. These are some really great teaser spots, particularly the Steelers, the Jets, and the Browns. If you're a teaser player, take the six-point two-team teasers. I do not recommend laying more than minus 120, so make sure you guys look around and see what your book charges juice on those. But, yeah, there are some really good spots. Now, I bet against the Patriots this year. I took their season win total under 7.5. They have one of the toughest schedules. I bet against the Jets this year. I took them under season wins, even though I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I do think that both of those teams should cover at home. Do I have the guts to bet them? Do I want to go against my futures bets? I do not. Let's uh, let's go. The the biggest NFL bet game is, is going to be the Jets getting that two and a half at home against the Buffalo Bills. Do you buy the Jets and Aaron Rodgers? It's not that I don't buy the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, right? We know that they are absolutely loaded on the defensive side of the ball. I have faith in Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, but we know these new systems take time to gel. And I know Aaron very well. I follow the Packers. I was a big Jordy Nelson fan coming out of college. I followed them you know, through their Super Bowl run and everything, Aaron is a lot like me. We're both really sore losers. He gets sacked by that weak offensive line a few too many times, and we know who Aaron Rodgers is when that happens. He gets frustrated. He gets angry, and he takes it out on his teammates. I would not be surprised to see some of that, maybe not early on in the season, but as the season starts to progress. Buffalo, do I expect them to take a step back? Not necessarily. I do still think it's their division to lose. I'm just a little bit higher on Miami if Tua can stay healthy in that division. So I think that's really where my my Jets uh, hatred, if you will, comes from. I, I don't hate the Jets. I just am not as high on them as, as many other people. No, I get you. Just because you don't like somebody to bet them doesn't mean you hate them. It seems like if you dislike somebody, you hate them. All right, I got a lot of people asking me to ask you. This is the big debate here in Indianapolis. Colts line over under season wins six and a half. What say you? This is tough. This is a Colts team that, you know, uh, let's let's start from the top. The Jim Jim is maybe not one of the better owners, right? We know that he's he's got his fair share of 
issues, if you will. Uh, he's worried about the whale uh, getting flown across the country, <laughs> which I appreciate as a, as a, as a multimillionaire. But maybe we have some more press, pressing issues uh, to focus on. Obviously, the Jonathan Taylor injury is cause for concern over the course of the season. Him being on the pup list is not ideal for the Colts. But minimal tape, Anthony Richardson is going to be a good thing early on as probably defensive coordinators start to figure him out. It's going to be a lot tougher. Uh, I do think that this defense is going to be able to step up here. Now, the good news is the AFC South is rather weak. I think Jacksonville is going to take a step back here this season. Uh, do I think that they're going to win the division? Possibly. But their defense has always been their Achilles heel. And to circle back around on the Colts with that, I think it's a coin flip. So for a futures perspective, I don't think they're worth locking up your money for eight plus months, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this team win seven games. You know, it's interesting because how much do you think Jonathan Taylor, because, you know, you, you figure Kelsey, you mentioned him affecting the line. Kelsey's may play, may not play. Certainly within a couple weeks, he will. As a gambler and you want to lock up your money, that's a great way to put it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I get the feeling here from some folks that I know around the Colts that are like, we don't even know if the dude's going to play all year. That's, well, that's that too risky too, right? for me. So before he even got hurt, we know that there was some contract issues uh, with several running backs in the league, in fact, and that is too risky for me. And that's why I think you can find some nice underdog spots, maybe particularly at home or in the division where the Colts might spring an upset or two. And that's kind of where Colts fans, I think, need to maybe, uh, the, you know, set their expectation level. Understand that right now you're in a rebuilding phase. You have a new head coach. Unfortunately, there's kind of been a quarterback carousel there for the last few years. Maybe start to develop Richardson and see what you see what you can make out of him. Kelly, I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll come back a lot. Absolutely. That was great stuff. Thanks, Dan. That was great stuff. Enjoy Vegas. I'm, 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 I was just kidding about her being in Florida. She's sitting there in Vegas getting ready to, I don't know, go to the Bellagio and win millions. There you go. There you go. I'd take that. Oh. <laughs> See you, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. See, there's nothing better than someone that comes on with information. See, that's why I love women. Smart women. I've told you, my wife, my daughter, my stepdaughter, everybody. Women just come with information. Guys try to BS us, and I'm not having any BS on this show. Speaking of BS, the Jones family in the news, Chandler Jones not happy. He airs out the Raiders. He airs out Josh McDaniels in Instagram. What the hell are we doing? Everybody now is airing out the coach. Everybody now is airing out the, uh, the franchise. Everybody now is airing out everything. All right, let's see a little bit here. Uh, I don't want to play for the Razors if that's my head coach or GM. I want Patrick Graham, Ivy League. We got any more on this clown? They won't let me in the building, though. Trying to provoke it. Trying to. Yeah, okay. Yay. How whiny. Man, I'll tell you, what is this one? And they had direct contact with me and ain't. Been together for five years. Some lady reported to her. Shut up. Walk like a damn man. You guys are giving me headaches here. Everybody's giving me headaches. I mean, why? whatever happened to dudes being dudes? They're trying to lock me out of the building. 
Uh, Keep that up there, please. I'm sad. And when I'm sad, everybody has to know it on Instagram because I'm sad. What a bunch of Bolshevik. Seriously. I'm sad. Let's see what we're sad about. It's a shame that I'm a top athlete with 112 sacks and I have to go to a local gym to work out during the season for no apparent reason. This is wild to me, Josh, and you know it. Okay, there, Spanky. All right, Chandler Jones. Okay. How do you expect me? I can't even get the GM on the phone. Should I call Josh? Oh, I don't know, Chandler. God, I don't know. What do you think, Chandler? Guys are just D-backs. Guys are just wimps. You see that team that was twerking, acting like little girls in the damn uh, locker room after they won a game? I don't know how y'all do it. I told my son, I don't know how y'all do it. I, uh, I have no idea how anybody does it. We got dudes acting like chicks, and it's okay. In football, twerking, talking about their bunghole in some dance. The world is nuts. And this guy, this is a big, mean, tough dude. I'm sad. I don't even like that voice. Tommy Tuberville is not happy with the growing influence of money in football. So immediately what people say is, well, you took a bunch of money. I don't care. Tommy Tuberville is not wrong. Tommy Tuberville is absolutely right, but Tommy Tuberville, it's never going to change. We can cry, we can moan, we can complain, we can say, we can get mad, glad, angry, or sad, but it ain't ever going to change. So whenever I see this guy, these guys talk about this, I say, great, great. Go get him, Tommy. He wants changes. He wants, look at this. All right, he was speaking with Fox, and he and Joe Manchin introduced a bill that would overhaul college athletics. I want to make sure I got this right. I'm fine with it. I think it's good that players can make money off their name. It's gotten out of hand. It's Wild West. It's out of control. Money's flying everywhere. Some players are getting their money. Some players aren't. There's no oversight. So we're trying to put some oversight. Why? I mean, when you had oversight, it didn't work either. Although it did work. See, here's the deal. College football got to the point that it's at right now where it's just exploded all across the country because it had oversight. The NCAA was there. There were some oversight. You didn't like the oversight. And dummies all across the country, when something bad happened, blamed the NCAA. Of course, they didn't blame the individuals that perpetrated, but they blamed the NCAA. So here's the deal. Get some oversight. I don't know what that means. I'm not smart enough to know what that means. Get somebody that's saying this is what we need to do and these are the rules and we're going to enforce them. But even more. Here's more oversight. And this is something I've said for years and people that don't think about it say that's stupid and then they think about it and they say that's right and here's what it is. Said this forever. Here's the line. We got some rules and cheating. Up here is major. Down here is minor violations. It's the way it's always been. You do something, eh, you call it in, you say, look, I made two phone calls, I did something, whatever. It's a minor. I ain't mad about that. 
do whatever the NCAA wants to do. But if you knowingly commit major violations, you're banned from coaching football at the Division I level. Go coach Division II. Go coach NAIA. Go coach Division III. Go coach uh, JUCO. Same thing in basketball. People say, well, you're taking away a guy's livelihood. No, we're not. You can go coach anyway. You just can't coach at our place because we have higher standards. Oh, my God, not higher standards. Higher standards? What's that? We got to lower our standard. We got to let clowns shoplift. We can't defend our own property because, well, we got to give in to the stupidest, most moronic criminals in our society. No, don't do that in football. We always have. Look at the list of college basketball coaches that are in the Naismith Hall of Fame. You know what you're going to find? Damn near every one of them, except Bob Knight, has been on NCAA probation of some type. Gene Cady, check. Roy Williams, check. Calipari, check. Not Izzo. I'll give Izzo credit. Uh, Whoever else is on it, check, check. Bill Self, check. Not Jay Wright, but damn near every one. It's amazing. So anyway, there you go. You know, we love, we love talking about Yellowstone and Kevin Costner's divorce. Why? I've always liked it. I've always been a star blanker. I have. When I got divorced, I was sniffing around trying to see what little, you know, Hollywood starlet I could hang out with. So I like this stuff. I do. I mean, a lot of guys won't admit it, but I do. I used to love watching the Miss America pageant, and I love paying attention to Hollywood. Somewhere along the line, they wanted to change a show I was only doing once a year. I was doing twice. I'll probably go to Cordo. All right? Well, apparently, uh, this guy Costner, he doesn't want to do Yellowstone. He doesn't want to work that much. Good for him. I don't care. I don't care what you do. I don't need to know how the sausage is made. I just need to know that I can eat. And the sausage is good. I want good sausage. We all want good sausage. I don't give a damn how you make Yellowstone. I don't give a damn how much you got to work. You know what I want you to do? Put Yellowstone on my Paramount TV. Let my fat dupayage sit right here and watch Yellowstone. What do I care? do not matter to me. People are nuts with that. Y'all think that we care. I guess we do because we're talking about it. But I don't. Uh, I, uh, hey, guess what? Uh, those of you that are all in on Joe Biden, another Joe Biden kaffaw, U.S. equipment abandoned in Afghanistan in Biden's first move is now being used by militants in other countries. Pakistan, Prime Minister says. So Biden, once again, we go to this saying and we go to this very nicely. Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. Never. So Biden screws up the withdrawal in Afghanistan. A lot of people get hurt. A lot of stuff is left over. And away we go. We're going to talk to Armando coming up. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk to Armando. And we, ladies and gentlemen, are going to enjoy talking NFL. All right, a couple of things. I'm tired of Jerry Jones. I'm going to get into this with Armando. I'm tired of Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones gives me gas. I'm tired of Jonathan Taylor. I want to know who you're tired of. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, that last night, that little guy, El Tuve, for the Houston Astros, hit a home run. Listen to this. I should have led with this. This is remarkable. 
He hit a home run in each of the first three innings of the game last night. How about that? That, ladies and gentlemen, is remarkable. I want you to think about that. That means everybody contributed because guys had to get on. Three home runs, three at-bats, three innings at Texas. It gave him four straight at-bats with home runs. How about that? That needs to be celebrated. I understand a lot of people don't care. I understand a lot of people are are like, "Ah, wake me up when baseball's over, football starts. I get it. But when you have greatness like that, I got to tell you, the Houston Astros won 14 to 1. 14 to 1. You know, we haven't talked about this. Julio Uranus, 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 is a star pitcher for the Dodgers. This idiot, Julio Uranus, whatever that thing is, was arrested on felony domestic violence charges for the second time. Now, we all understand as a, quote, person of color, we all understand that he is not like Trevor Bauer, a white dude, who got arrested and then all charges were dropped and can't find his way back into big leagues. We all understand that Hurio Uranus will be back here soon. The league says they're shocked. They're shocked. He was suspended 20 games. He wasn't prosecuted. He did a 52-week domestic violence counseling program. Well, apparently it didn't work. Oh, Julio, down by the mall yard, decided that he was going to shove his girl against the wall because he was mad. Yeah, it was an exposition park south of downtown. He decided he was going to do some throwing, and it wasn't going to be a ball. He's an idiot. What do you do after you shove your significant other? What do you do after you punch your significant other? Hey, last thing before we go to break, James Harden's talking, and James is sad. James said it was ghosting and it was betrayal. It's now personal. I can't trust him, according to Ramona Shelbourne. I know. Uh, I got ghosted. He didn't treat me nice. They're only giving you $35.5 million. $35.5 million to play basketball and to be an idiot and to go to strip clubs and to not play defense. He said he sacrificed. Okay. All right. Big article about it. You can read all the crap. It's an article that is meaningless because here's the deal. You get to play basketball. You get to play basketball for a lifetime. And in getting to play basketball, you get $35 million. Let me say that again. $30 million. That's what he's being paid. And he's whining. He's bitching. He's moaning. I got a headache. So do you. You give me $35 million, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. You know, earlier in the day, we talked about that plane that turned around because of diarrhea running down the freaking aisles. Hey, guess what? I'll sit in the diarrhea for $35 million. Oh, that's just gross. No, I won't. No, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll tell you what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't bitch at my employer. 
Not even a little. All right, when we come back, we got our man Armando. Let's see what background Armando had. We got to talk some football. The NFL's starting, and I got to know a couple things. I got to know what he thinks of the Lions and Chiefs. I got to know what he thinks if he thinks Jonathan Taylor. What's going on with Chris Jones? What's going on with Nick Boza, Brian Burns? What's going on with these people? And, of course, since he's located in Miami, we gots to talk about. We have to talk about. We must talk about. Two, hey, by the way, Charlie's show gets going tomorrow. I think it comes on around 8 o'clock. Going to go for an hour before our show. What a great lead-in. There she is. Charlie, September 7th, Outkick, Facebook. Uh, X, I guess you call it, YouTube. The uber-talented, the lovely, the smart, the beautiful. Charlie Arno starts it up tomorrow, and it's going to be spectacular. We shall be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. He always has the best backgrounds. I see what he's doing here. It's Chiefs and it's Lions coming up tomorrow. So our friend Armando, well, I'm calling it Arrowhead. I don't know what the hell it's really called now, but Arrowhead Stadium in the background. What say you on that game? Travis, Kelsey out. What are you hearing? The bookies are going nuts. They're going crazy. So Travis, Kelsey, yesterday at practice, weird, uh, the final practice of the week, for the Kansas City Chiefs in preparation for the Detroit Lions opener, he hyperextended a knee and it's swollen and there's obviously a bone bruise. Uh, other than that, there is no structural ligament damage, but you know, it's kind of a messed up situation two days before games. So the bookies have changed the line from uh six and a half to six to five and a half. And now it's at four and a half. Uh, And there's a lot of lions action apparently. And they're trying to even things out by the way, Jason Kelsey, brother of Travis Kelsey was on the Philadelphia radio show this morning. And he said, he thinks Jason rather, he thinks Travis will play. So you know, uh, maybe that's wishful thinking on his part, but there you have it, straight from the family. You know, there's a lot of that going around. It's not all injury. I mean, I don't know. Uh, nobody here that I know in Indianapolis knows whether or not Jonathan Taylor is actually hurt, sulking, or both. He's out. We know about Nick Boza. We know about Chris Jones. You know, it's interesting. You got any right, – let's go with Boza first. I mean, San Francisco's really good. I'm reading today Boza has all the leverage. For some reason, I never think players have all the leverage in the NFL. Maybe in basketball. I never feel that in the NFL. Well, if you had to – if I had to pick one of the two, Boza or Chris Jones having leverage, I would say it's Chris Jones, and this is the reason why. The NFL season starts, you know, tomorrow, this week, on Sunday for the rest of the the crew. So game checks start to pour in. And typically what happens is that that is a deadline that NFL players don't want to miss because you can miss training camp, you can miss preseason, you can miss, uh, you know, everything that leads up to this weekend. And you're not 
you're not losing any money. But once you are missing games, you are missing paychecks. Chris Jones, for example, if he doesn't play for the Chiefs tomorrow night, he is out $1.1 million. So that's that's a hefty payday that he's just decided to turn his back on to, you know, to continue his holdout in search of a contract extension. Same thing for Bosa. He's going to miss out on nine figures if he misses Sunday's game for the 49ers. The difference between those two is that Nick Bosa is trying to get his second contract. Chris Jones is vying for his third contract. And the difference between them is that Chris Jones has already made $68 million in the NFL, whereas Nick Bosa hasn't. That's the reason that Chris Jones has bragged, I can afford it when he's, you know, on social media, when he's talking about sitting out because he can't afford it. He's already had a huge payday and he's trying to get his third contract, get another huge payday. Whereas Nick Bosa is trying to go for that first huge payday. And understand what I'm saying. It's all perspective. Bosa's made a lot of money, right? His first four years, a lot of money, but not $66 million worth generational, you know, you can stop playing this very moment and you're going to be fine and your children are going to be fine. Chris Jones is there. And that's why sitting out to him, he's fine with that. No, I get that. I, I You said that incredibly well, as I anticipated. What do you see moving forward? Let's go when he's off the pup list. That's another, you know, four or five weeks, get this week and then four weeks of games. What do you see with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor? I got people that have given me great information over the years that simply don't know because Taylor is keeping this pretty close to the vest, he and his agent. Well, he doesn't want to be in Indianapolis. Can we just agree on that? He doesn't want to be in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, there are negotiations where it's business, and then there are negotiations where it becomes personal. And it became personal for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts uh, sometime around early, you know, late July, early August. Once that happens, uh, there's all sorts of things at play that otherwise wouldn't. You wonder if he's on the pup list because he's actually holding in. Is he really hurt? Is he really not? Uh, you wonder if the, the, you know, the situation can ever be repaired. The general manager himself has, has, you know, basically come out, not basically, has indeed come out and said, we have work to do with Jonathan Taylor to get that relationship repaired. And I don't know if it's reparable. I don't know if if there's that's that's a gap. That's that's a breach that I don't know you can patch it up. I I still see October 31st, which is the NFL trade deadline, as the point where this either gets repaired or not. And um, the bottom line is, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a cult after October 31st. 
Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't either. This whole thing is so odd because, as I've said many times, Taylor was the guy last year when he got hurt. You know, they were talking about how he's never missed a practice, going back to junior high, never missed anything. It was never, And now all of a sudden it's like he doesn't want to play. Uh, all right, let's go to this. Jerry Jones. Jerry, jo- I'm getting tired of Jerry Jones, Armando. I like him because he gives news. But at some point, you got to win. Give me your thoughts. You wrote a piece on Jerry Jones. Right. So, uh, and for the record, I, I really like Jerry Jones because he's good for me. So, and I right. love me some right. me. Okay? Right. So, there's that. <laughs> uh, I hate to sound selfish about it, but let's all be transparent here. Let's all take off our clothes and be transparent. Uh, I love yes. Jerry Jones because it affects and helps me. Um, so he's he's rightly seeing what the Dallas Cowboys have done the last couple of years as underachieving in the playoffs. I mean, this is a team that hasn't made it to an NFC championship game since 1995. Uh, two years ago, they went out in the wild card round. They were 12 and five. Last year, they went out in the divisional round. They were 12-5 and again, both times to the San Francisco 49ers. The point is, Jerry Jones has much higher expectations for his team, and I think rightly so, because if you look at their talent, it suggests more than just a one-and-done or out in the divisional round. At least, you know, play to the level that you showed in the regular season, and they haven't done that. And so he's disappointed by that. He's frustrated by that. And what I would say to you is all of that, if it happens again this year, points to one guy and his staff. Who do I think that is? Oh, yeah, Mike McCarthy, the head coach. So, dude, you underachieved in the playoffs. According to your boss, the owner, the general manager, the last two years, you do it a third time when he's actively and, and publicly talked about it, I don't know that you survive. And you know, the other thing, I got tired of Romo when he was the quarterback for the Colts. I probably could go back and say I got tired of Roger Staubach, Gary Hogaboom, Clint Longley, Danny White, uh, Greg Morton. I probably can go back and say I'm always tired of the quarterback. Uh but bringing in, I, I think this is much ado about nothing. You may think differently, but all of a sudden you bring in Trey Lance and you don't tell anybody. Everybody's making a big deal about that. I, I don't know. I just kind of think that Jerry Jones is qu- trying to accumulate talent here. And rightfully so. The question right. is, how talented is Trey Lance? Um, That's look, a great Trey question. Lance, yes. Trey Lance is a developmental player, and I think – the, the faster we all realize that, the better we all will be because everybody's expecting greatness out of Trey Lance because he was drafted number three overall and the 49ers gave up three first-round draft picks to get there. And so we have set these expectations for Trey Lance that I think are just not warranted because I know of at least one other team that has told me for us, Trey Lance was a late second-round pick. Uh, you know, he he wasn't a first-round pick, 
He certainly wasn't the number three overall pick. And he certainly wasn't the number three overall pick after you've given up three first rounders for him. So uh, the Cowboys now have something of a, of a bargain on their hands in that Trey Lance will be there for two years as a developmental player. And we'll see if he develops or not. Right. And, you know, if he had gone somewhere else, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But really, um, the Cowboys, I, I, I hate to say this, but they are America's team because every time they make a move like that, it's big news. It wouldn't be big news here in Indy. People, well, maybe it would because they got a rookie quarterback. I don't know, but it feels like it's bigger news. How good are the Cowboys going to be? What do you like? I mean, you know, no Zeke Elliott. What do you think? Well, uh, I think people are a flutter about the Trey Lance acquisition because uh, there is speculation that it affects Dak Prescott. Uh, I can tell you it's not going to affect Dak Prescott one iota this year. Oh, no. uh, no. You know, I, if Dak Prescott, God forbid, gets injured in the opener, we're still not going to see Trey Lance. It's going to be Cooper Rush, the guy who won three out of four starts for them last year, I think. Right. So uh, we're talking about a, you know, a number three quarterback here in Trey Lance. And people also get a flutter in that Jerry Jones made the move without telling his coach and without telling uh, Dak Prescott. <laughs> Last I checked, the owner doesn't need to, you know, get permission or the go signal from people who he employs and answer to him. Uh, yes. 100%. 1,000%. 10,997%. And look, I'm paying, I always say this, you know, people whine about, well, what's the coach's feelings? And I'm like, hey, look, when you're getting paid that much money and you're getting that opportunity that he's getting, feelings my ass. Make it work win games, shut the living hell up. I don't want to hear about it. That's how I'd be as an owner. We're talking about a third string quarterback. Right. It's not, right. You know, it's not like he traded away Dak Prescott. <laughs> it's not like he's decided Micah Parsons isn't going to be on the team. Uh, you know, it, it, it's the media is the best. It's, it's awesome. I not love the media. Let, last, last thing, I can't have uh, you on my show and not talk about Tua. It's been a little quiet, at least nationally. That's a good thing, I think, for Tua. Just keep it quiet and go play football and win games. Go play football and continue to play football. That's the whole mission for Tua in 2023. He's been a durability problem and has had durability issues throughout his career. And I'm talking going back to Alabama and then obviously his first three years with the Dolphins. Last year was the two concussions. Some people argue that it's three. It was two officially and then a moment where it looked, you know, dubious at best. But the point is if Dua, if Tua uh, can stay on the field and stay healthy, the Dolphins will be a good team. And if he can't, if he continues to 
be a durability problem, which is the reason, by the way, that the team has not committed a full-scale contract extension to him and instead has put it off into the next offseason to see what happens this season. If he can avoid those durability issues, all's going to be good. And if not, all's going to suck. Simple as that. That is very, very simple. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on. All right, Dan. Go NFL. Go Colts. Go Tua. Yeah, I don't know. That's the great Armando Segura. You can check him out all over Outkick. He is the NFL's number one writer. Speaking of number one, the number one segment on any show in the country is done here. That's right. Dylan and Ryan and Aaron, or excuse me, and uh, Nick and Nick number two. They put it together, baby. And what do they put together? That's right. It's what the hell? Wednesday. Sometimes I get bored and I got to do stuff like that. Sometimes I got to get, I get bored. All right. We got five of them. Let's go with numero uno. I love these. I don't kind of like them. I love them. give you some, may I make a suggestion? If I may, don't do that. Like the guy did it knowing that he probably could get out from under the initial collapse and get squashed, but he did not factor in the fact that right there, it was going to be rolling down on him. So if I may make a suggestion, don't do that. Next. Wow. Oh, don't do this. Don't. What are you doing? Why are we doing this? There are certain things that people do where you go, wow. All right. And let me explain to you why this is a bad idea. When people do certain things and you go, wow, they make it look easy. They do. They, they just make it look e- right here. This does not look easy. And I guarantee you this right there did not start wobbling just as the video played. You know, a guy hang glides and it looks easy. But if a guy gets off to a tough start and it doesn't look easy, guess what happens? Guy crashes. This did not look easy. So what should have happened, the second this wasn't easy, eh, pull out, abort, 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 abort. Don't do it. Damn. All right, numero trace. Get over here. Oh boy. What you oh boy. Easy fella. This can't go good. No. Oh, I gotta tell you, Nick. 
I thought this guy, Dylan and Ryan, I thought this guy was going to snap this hand off and take that old lady's ring or that young lady's ring. Holy cow, look at that. Look at a mouth on her. How many times have you said that in a bar? <laughs> oh, man, I swear to God, you guys fooled me with this one. I thought we were going to see a snap. And somebody was going to lose an arm or there was going to be a brawl to get the ring back. I don't know. Good. Good. This is just stupid. I mean, all of these are just stupid, but this is just dumb. I can't imagine anything feels worse than getting your arm chopped off by this mouth right there. Can you imagine anything worse? Like, look, if you just get your head bitten off, you're dead. You don't feel nothing. You get your arm bitten off, you're like, I got no arm. And it's bleeding, the bone, the tendons, you know, you stick yourself with a needle, it hurts. Imagine these jaws chopping your arm off and you're like, I got no arm, but I can still think it's not going to kill me. I mean, if I get it, if I get it, you know, cauterized or whatever. Yeah, but I got no arm. That's what always scared me about the water. Ever since I saw jaws, you go in and a shark bites off your leg. You're still alive. You can feel it, but you're not dead. Look, memo to all animals. If you're going to get me, just bite my head off. Make it easy. Let me go in peace. Next. Whoa. Hold the phone. Hey, this is pretty athletic. That's unbelievable. Let's go in slow motion, can we? Let's see, right foot, and he stepped with the right. He took the right sideways, and then he had the presence of mind. Watch the right foot here. Boom, boom. Wow. Holy mosquitoes. Man, can you imagine, like, if that's only like a foot or two, all right. But if you're like on the eighth floor or something, you're dead right there. But he keeps his balance. He takes a big step, swings it over, and then falls to the ground. That guy is better than Simone Biles. I guarantee you Simone Biles would get the twisties if that happened to her. Watch this. Just watch this again. Watch how deck step, the deck step. Boom. Uh, squat. Step. Other step. Fall backwards. Find common ground. But you don't even know that the ground may not fight, be falling up. That's awesome. That's a big-time move. All right, last but not least, let's hear it. Let's see it. Dumb. As soon as he swung. Dumb. Dumb. Happened to me once. Happened to me once. For whatever the reason, I'm not going to tell you why. Bashed the mailbox. And it came right back. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go slow-mo. Hillbilly swings. Hits. Boom. Does it make contact? Does it really make contact or is he flopping? Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, he makes contact. Jim Hacksaw Duggan here makes some contact and yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Never put your face in front. Never. Never, ever. Nope. Boom. Mm. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it a bit. Mm. All right. 
There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. There is what the hell Wednesday. All right, side note. You know, there's a show called Winning Time on ES. No, it's not. It's on HBO. It's written by a guy named Jeff Perlman. Now, I don't know why Jeff Perlman felt the need a few years ago to pile on me with this guy, Greg Doyle, but he did. So I'm like, all right. So I'm not exactly a fan, but I got to tell you, the show is really good. Like the show is stupid good. And this guy Perlman is out there begging people to watch and I'm going to help him because I like the show. It's about the Los Angeles Lakers rise basically in 1979 when they drafted Magic Johnson. It's the NBA's rise because the basically in 1978, year before the 1979 draft, Red Arback understood and drafted Larry Bird first. Guess what? Both of them won championships in their first two years. Both of them got rocking and rolling. And now we're into Magic wanting to be traded. New coach, the rise of Pat Riley. It is fascinating. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in there. It was fascinating. It really and truly was is fascinating. And I hope the series continues. I do. I don't care about whether or not uh, some guy I've never met will never meet Jeff Perlman, likes or dislikes me. I like the fact that he wrote a hell of a book, and the way they're portraying it is tremendous on, e- on HBO. I, if you get a chance, give it a while. I think you'll like it. I do. I really think that you'll enjoy it. Uh, if you are a sports fan, particularly if you're like my age and you respect the NBA a little bit older uh, and how it came to fruition from tape delay in 1980, it was tape. Yeah, there it is. Magic on the right, Jerry Buss on the left. That's what's his face. The guy from Talladega Nights. Uh, see something Riley. He's terrific in the role. And the guy playing Magic is great. The guy playing Kareem. I actually, I think I recruited Solomon Hughes 100 years ago back when he was a high school kid. I think he ended up going maybe to uh, Arizona. But he plays Kareem. It's terrific. It really is. So if you get a chance, give a watch. All right. Kevin Costner again in the news. We'll recap. Jolton Joe Biden stumbling, fumbling, and bumbling. Our guy Vivek, he's all the rage. Yeah, he is. He's all the rage. He is. He's all the rage. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, And when we come back, talk more about James Harden and why James Harden is completely full of ish. We shall return. It's don't ask. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. We got the video Jolton Joe Biden in a sign of disrespect to Medal of Honor winners yesterday. Did not salute because he's too dumb to salute. And, of course, none of our legacy media would say it. I mean, if Donald Trump, I'll go what if or what about Trump. I'll go what about Trump because that's all I get on my YouTube channel. Uh, or my my other ch- uh, my man is simply this lost has no idea where he is has no idea what he does has no idea where he goes has no idea what to do so look at my man here just disrespecting veterans who g- were getting medals of honor this is your president this is your guy right here let's have a look
that's just sad. That's, that's just sad. I mean, it's just sad that, you know, they were allowed to uh, have him there. They shouldn't have him there. He is anti-military. Uh, he, he should not be there. He doesn't have the kind of honor that those men have. And he just walks out. Look at that face. He just walks out right in the middle of it so arrogantly, so defiantly, and he doesn't even know where he is. It's amazing to me, but that's what we want. Apparently, that's what we want in our president. That's what we want in our leaders, 90-year-old men, 80-year-old men that don't know where the hell they are just simply because you can pull the strings. I, I don't know. Kevin Costner versus Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan is not only the great uh, Bronco buster in Yellowstone, but he's the guy that invented Yellowstone and others. There's going to be a court battle in Costner's mind over the fate of Yellowstone. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had enough of Kevin Costner. I said this earlier and I'll say this again. I don't care about his divorce. I don't care how much money he makes or doesn't make. Just get the thick freaking show, which we all like, on the air and shut the living hell up. I mean, isn't that what we should say? Get the show on the air. Uh, your wife is great. It's great. You look cute, Kevin. You're five foot three. You weigh no pounds. You're, you're a, we get to act like you're a tough guy. I'm getting right on my mark here. Tough guy in the movies. But uh, truth of the matter is, just get the show on. It's like the Seinfeld episode where Jerry is bootlegging videos and the criminal that he's doing it for, just give me the tape. Just get the show on. Tape the show. That's it. Just get the show on care about all your nonsense. I don't care about all your Hollywood pedophilia drama. I don't need all this stuff from these people. I don't need any of it. I don't need. Hey, Vivek Ramaswamy, he's our guy. We got to get him back. Uh, he disagrees with Nikki Haley's proposed mental competency tests after Mitch McConnell froze. See, that's no fun. Uh, Rami, uh, Ramaswamy excuse me, says, I tend to leave it to the voters, so I think that we should trust the voters of this country when it comes to deciding who actually governs. I don't favor eliminating people from running for office because I'd rather trust the voters with it. Goes for age as well. I've been very consistent with that. Yeah, I'm with you on that, but I do think competency tests, we should have them. I mean, look what we're doing here right now. I mean, look, and I get it. There are actually people that think that Biden's a good president. That's fine. Think what you think. All I do is go by the evidence presented to me. And the dude doesn't know where he is. And it's not, it's not necessarily that it's an embarrassment for our country. It's just simply dangerous. Simply dangerous for our country. All right? That, that's, that's all it is. It's dangerous. And I like our country safe. I like my wife, my life, and my wife safe. I think we should all want to be safe. But in our country right now, it's not safe. And let's be totally honest. I mean, if you really looked at it, through an, un, an unbiased lens. If you just looked at what's going on around you, you would say this country isn't safe. So is it because of democratic politics? I don't know. Is it because of an ideology? I'm sure it is. But it's also because we have weak leadership. And part of the weak leadership, in at least Joe Biden's case, is that he's too old to govern. And he's too senile. So I don't leave it to the voters because, look, I'm not, you know, I, we're not allowed to say certain things on here. But the one thing that I would say is I am not leaving it to the voters. Speaking of politics, top Republicans might actually get off their backside. You know, Joe Biden, there are thousands and thousands of pieces of evidence, allegedly, that Joe Biden used pseudonames, used fake names. 
in emails to make his business deals. Now, nobody is surprised at this. Nobody's surprised at the ease with which the U.S. government found out once the U.S. government decided we're actually going to pay attention to this. You know, the U.S. government, the Department of Justice, the FBI, they're all in cahoots, obviously, with Joe Biden. We know this. Of course we know this. Everybody knows. I mean, all I got to do is pay attention. You know what I mean? Uh, paying attention is great. But if you do pay attention and you're unbiased like I am, your opinions get formed by actions, not deeds or not words. I don't care the words that come out of Joe Biden's mouth. I don't. The words are meaningless. The words are meaningless out of his press secretary. The words are meaningless out of his wife. The words are meaningless out of Pelosi. The actions, inflation keeps rising. Your 401k sucks. Crime is through the roof. Your energy prices are ridiculous. Inflation, just go to the store. Just just go to the store. And, of course, they say it's Biden economics. It's like Greg Doyle. Greg Doyle speaks. He's mad at my language. Things I say. I'm mad at Greg Doyle's multiple affairs. I think it's a big difference to have multiple affairs when you are a guy that tries to spew morality on people. There's a big difference between language, saying stuff, and doing dastardly deeds. Me hanging up a collar, who cares? Uh, Trump saying, grab him by the way, who cares? It's what you do that matters. And what this guy has done is ruin the country. He just has. Uh, Democratic Chicago Treasurer Melissa Conyers, there's always a Conyers in politics in Chicago or Michigan, uh, Irvin, is accused of forcing taxpayer-funded staff to plan her daughter's birthday and act as her personal bodyguard. Hey, look, big sister, you don't need a bodyguard. Throw one of those ham hocks at him. Throw one of those big arms at him. Hey, Melissa, baby, give them what the people want, baby. Come on, girl. We all know. We all know. We don't even have to look. We all know that in Chicago, there are going to be problems. In Chicago, this is as old as dirt. She's the treasurer of Chicago. And as the treasurer of Chicago, one thing is certain. Doesn't matter if you're white. Doesn't matter if you're black. Doesn't matter what you are. Nothing. It just simply matters that you are the treasurer of Chicago and you're going to end up in jail. It's just what they do. It's like being a governor of Illinois. There's like two governors of Illinois in the last hundred years that haven't gone to jail. I don't know. I don't know how many there are, but there's a bunch. So this lady decides, you know what? I'm the big old treasurer. And as the big old treasurer, you're going to do what I say or else I'm going to call you racist. Guarantee you that was in there. Anyway, so old Irvin here, uh, just like politicians, white, black, green, purple, no matter where, are absolutely going to do what she wants, and she's going to jail for it. But we can't say anything, I'm sure, because, well, look at her, and you'll know why we can't say anything. But she ju- it doesn't matter white or black. It doesn't matter Greek or African-American. It doesn't matter. You're in Chicago politics. You're going to jail. If you are the treasurer, you're stealing. Simple. I don't know why this is so difficult. We all know the situation. We do. We know the situation. Everybody does. Everybody knows the deal. So good for them. Now put her ass in jail and be done with her. Seriously. Put her ass in jail. 
<sighs> pay the taxpayers back, used her staff to plan her daughter's birthday party and be her personal bodyguard while pressuring city's employees to hold benefits benefiting her political ally. This old as dirt. What are you going to do? Ah. All right, no Nick Boza. Contract holds out continue for Nick Boza. Boza's set to only make $17.8 million. That's all. $17.8 million, fifth-year option. The defensive player of the year wants more. I don't blame him. Look, I would just say, hey, here's the deal. James Harden is making $35 million. And I'm going to get, hey, guys, have the James Harden, that tweet about James Harden ready for the next segment. James Harden's making double me. That shouldn't be allowed. James Harden doesn't even care. James Harden doesn't even try. That's what I'd be like. Hey, what's that guy named Demario Smith or whatever the union chief is? Get off your ass and get us a deal. When James Harden's making twice as much as Nick or Joey Boza, you're out of your freaking mind. Speaking of James Harden, I don't think his teammates in Philadelphia were too excited about this. So James Harden, they're playing a playoff series, going to Miami, and James Harden, well, He's not going to fly with the team. He gots to get him some nightlife. James Harden got to get out there and boogie, baby. James Harden got to get out there with the fellas, get a little body, sur- uh, get a little bod- bottle service, get a little lap dance, get himself a little something nice. You know what I'm saying. Sixers players and Doc Rivers apparently had an issue with Harden enjoying the not Miami nightlife before a game, according to Ramona Shelbourne. Harden didn't travel with the team to Miami. He traveled separately with permission from the front office to enjoy the nightlife. It's not uncommon in the NBA or for Harden, but it didn't sit well with Rivers and several players on the team. Yeah, think. Yeah, think. James, do you do you do you think? There is something on Reddit with James Harden: the correlation between strip city strip clubs ratings and total subpar performances. And apparently, Harden is very, very bad in cities with a lot of strip clubs. I don't know if that's real or not, but James Harden looks like the kind of dirtbag that would sit there, John Morant style, and let some poor girl with daddy issues grind all over him while he spoozed in his pants. That's what James Harden seems like to me. And then go out and talk to the fellas and have his strap on with one in the hall. These guys are a joke, and I love it. I do. I love it. You got to love James Harden. Put your strap on, James. No, not that kind of strap on, you weirdos. Strap is a gun in my city vernacular. And put one in the hole, man. (laughs) That means you got a loaded gun. Cooper Cup's going to see a specialist in Minnesota to find the root of his hamstring issues, according to Sean McVay. It's now under question. Whether or not, whether or not, <laughs> whether or not he play, I just got a great text from a former Indiana player about Mike Woodson. It's so freaking funny. I'm not going to share it, but it's an old school IU guy, and it's so funny. Anyway, Cooper Cup is seeing a specialist in Minnesota to find the root of his hamstring problems. He's got a hammy. Hammies are bad, man. Hammies stay with you a long time. Nothing stays with you more than the old groin pull. I'm 80 years old, and I remember when I pulled my groin 40-some years ago. I do. Still hurts. 
Hey, by the way, you want to feel old, uh, have somebody do this to you. A friend of mine called me up yesterday and he said, hey, Dockage, do you realize it's been 40 years since you kicked Michael Jordan's ass and got to the Elite Eight? 40 years? This makes me sad. I'm like, no, it hasn't. Because I don't, like, look back much. And he's like, hey, dummy, it was 84. That's 16 years to get to 2000. And it's another 24 years this spring. So he asked me, are they going to honor you guys in Indiana? And I said, well, I got to get an African-American player to ask Woodson and Dolson because that's the only thing they pay attention to. It's true. Look, I don't know, but here's the deal. If you ever want to feel old, when it hits 40 years, here's the deal. When I went to Indiana in 1981, 40 years before was 1941. People always ask me, why don't you go to Indiana's golf outings? Are you crazy? I remember being at Indiana thinking, and there was a guy named Bobby Masters who was a great player. And he was old like me then. And Bobby Masters, a great guy, a great player, would come to these outings. And I remember, I was always this way. I'm like, I'm not going there. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not going to all these old man outings and being the old man that walks around. That ain't happening. But 40 freaking years. It's unbelievable. So, again, if you ever want to feel old, you will feel old. Like 30 years wasn't horrible. Yeah, it was 30 years ago. All right. Okay. All right, I guess. But 40? 40 years ago? Holy hell. So the guy asked me, so I looked this up. Did you know that in the history of Indiana basketball, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, just 11 times Indiana basketball in its history has been to the Elite Eight? Did you know that, Indiana fans? 11 times in a 1,000 and however many years. First season, 1901. So what's that? 123 years and only 11 times. So I get a kick out of people that crush me. As a captain, I'm one of the 11th best teams in the tournament in the history of Indiana basketball in 124 years. It's pretty freaking good for a guy that couldn't touch the rim. It's pretty freaking good. It is. Yeah. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it at all. So kiss my ass, all you Indiana people that get mad at me. In fact, can you clip this segment? I'm putting this segment out. Yeah. Smooch booty. All right. Back to more important things. (laughs) Where are we at here? Hang on, caller. I'm all in on Christian Pulisic. All right, here's the deal. I want to get into something else. I know, Gritty, you'll follow me on this. I know you will. Here's the deal. Gritty. Men need to start talking like men. Enough of this. Uh, Christian Pulisic said, hey, guys, um, uh, celebrities, you can come 
uh, you can come to our games too. No, you can't. Because Pulisic, your team stinks. You're good, I guess. Everybody tells me you're good. But as I said, that's like being the most handsome man at the Dockage family reunion. It just ain't that big a deal. It just simply isn't. Let them know they're invited to U.S. national games to walk like a man. Man, do we have effeminate energy out of our athletes now. Man, do we have crap. We got total and complete crap out of our athletes. We do. Let them know. Oh, okay. All right. Let them know. Okay. How about saying, you know what? We're going to get really good and we're going to get damn good. And all you clowns are going to want to come watch us play and we're here for you. Nobody's going to see Christian Pulisic except little scarf uh, millennial and some little kid that can't play any other sports. Let's be honest. But if you win, we'll come. Don't become uninteresting. Messi's interesting. Messi has turned an entire sport in this country on its ear. Like when Pele first came here in the 70s, everybody went to a few games and it was great, but it fell away. Messi's here and everybody's going, hey, hang on a sec. It's pretty good. No, hold on. Time out. He keeps hitting game-winning goals or whatever you call it, kicking game-winning goals. He's got a bodyguard that's going down the sideline. He's an international superstar that's delivered. Christian Pulisic decided, you know what? I think I'll go play overseas. Oh, really? But come see my national team. Come on. Come see us. Win a freaking game, clown. What are you talking about? Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. Give me a woke dope here. Give me a woke dope. Oh, Christian Pulisic, I got gas. Democrats' vision of Biden, that is. Boy, is this right. This is really right. I had a guy tell me that Biden's one of the five greatest presidents ever because of his jobs, and then some guy got on Twitter and showed exactly what his jobs were, and they were all jobs that were already there before the pandemic that Biden is taking credit for. That's the Democratic version of Biden. The reality is on the bottom. Now, I will say this. If you go by Twitter, you go by one side or the other, you're not getting the right view. I will say, in defense of Chicago, that we've all seen the videos of news crews getting robbed. We've all seen that. We've all seen the shootings. We've all seen the shooting numbers. But I got to tell you, pretty much on the north side where I go, Wrigleyville seemed great. I don't know. The Viagra Triangle was thriving. I walked around at night. There was cops everywhere, but I walked around at night, and I like it. I like cops. You guys don't like cops? That's on you. I like cops. I like seeing cops around. Yeah, man, you're a white guy. No, I've had a gun pulled on me, not once, not twice, but three times by cops. Yeah, they didn't shoot you. You know, I didn't shoot me because I showed my hands. I wasn't on fentanyl. I didn't have a knife on me. I wasn't trying to run them over. I wasn't trying to stab them, and I wasn't trying to shoot them. So, of course, they didn't shoot me, you dumbasses. I spit tobacco on a cop's shoe one time, and I literally thought I was going to die. I did. I give the cop credit. African-American cop, big, strong guy. Thought he was going to kill me. The shoes were shiny. I couldn't believe it. I opened up the van. I spit, and it was on his shoes. I'm like, I didn't know your shoe was there. Then some country cops got me in Franklin, Indiana. And then some drunk white guy cop got me between my girlfriend, Diane Laverde, Cedar Lake home, And my home, when I was in high school, I was speeding. Cop 
dark road, pulls me over. I said, show me a badge. He was unmarked. Shows me a badge. I pull over. Guy came up, smelled alcohol, put a gun to my head. I'm like, well, you didn't get shot, man. It's racist. No, my hands were right here. And I was scared to death, and I wasn't on fentanyl. (laughs) I didn't just rape my baby mom. I didn't just stab three people. I didn't just shoot people. I wasn't on a warrant. Of course they didn't shoot me, you idiots. (laughs) I'm on one today, people. Give me the next Wokado. Oh, man. Hold, hold, hold. Now. Now. Hold, 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 hold. Boy, is this true. Man, you know what's really funny is going back, we talked about this yesterday. You know, Trump was the guy who didn't have the temperament for nuclear war to have the codes. He was the guy that was going to get us into war. Here's what nobody understood. I said this at the time. I don't think I had this, this show yet, but I said, no, you guys don't understand. Trump understands business. Trump's not going to destroy anything. Trump's all about business. Trump's all about money. Trump's going to figure out how to pressure people without having to go to war. And that's exactly what he did. This clown right here, the top clown, the do-nothing president, Mr. Hope and Change, who didn't do jack, except maybe if you watch Tucker Carlson, you know, get a little muddy with a couple of the fellas. And then the guy on the bottom masking up Joe, they, of course, think politics. They, of course, think their constituents, they, of course, have no sense of right and wrong. They are bought and paid for. So what happens in that case? You go to war because people make money when you go to war. There's just a lot of stupid going on here, and you should be lucky or glad that I am here to tell you what's right and what's wrong. And this thing is absolutely perfect. Hold on, hold on, hold the phone. Now go. I got a lot of friends that are like, man, I watch your show and it's awesome. You get to say whatever you want. I know. Give me another woke and dope. Woke me and dope me. Oh, man, I do. I do. And everybody that gets mad at me because I have three criteria for president, keep gas prices down. I never want to hear the word inflation. And I want my savings the stock market, 401ks, to be great. This all goes back to 1979. 1978-79, I've told this story before. I will continue to tell this story until I am blue in the face. The story goes like this. We got to have McDonald's every other week when my mother went shopping. When my mother went shopping and she brought home the goods, there was no, I'm going to the store tomorrow for more goodies or for more steaks or for more. No, what she bought lasted two weeks, period. As a bonus, my mother would then, after shopping, stop at McDonald's because it was Friday night. She would get McDonald's. I am old enough to remember when I had my first big, or no, I'm sorry, my first quarter pounder. There was this thing called the quarter pounder that just came out. I had it. It was great. And then I ate my King Vitamin cereal. That's right. That was a big Friday night for me. I think I might have even been in high school. I wasn't one of the cool kids. I am now. Anyway, having said that, there were things called gas lines. There was a thing called the gas shortage. There was a dude called the Ayatollah. There was a thing called the stock market that wasn't going very well. And my parents and I felt the crutch. We didn't get McDonald's. 
We got liver. We got onions. Anybody that's as old as me understands that liver was cheap and onions are cheap. So liver and onions was good. This is why I say those are my three criteria. Hey, I'm a simple man. My criteria for a happy life, my family, air conditioning, king-size bed. I keep it simple, stupid. But I remember this. Not sure I remember 122. I remember 146 over here at the get-go. Now we're three, four, and we got an idiot that is never going to get it figured out. Do yourself a favor. Don't let these guys win for the love of all things holy. And I'm a centrist. I'm not even crazy le- a right guy. I'm just a guy that pays attention. I take rips, rippings for paying attention, but I pay attention. Don't let them win. I mean, what the hell are we doing? All right. How good was Kelly in Vegas? How good was Armando? All right. Last 101 years. And there's only 11 teams in basketball, 11 teams in the history of Indiana basketball that went to the Elite Eight. Now, we didn't win it, and I turned it over, but then I hit a jumper to put us back. Oh, you want me to? You want me to contrast that with Duke? Listen to this. Elite eights. I'll go since night since I got to college. Holy cow! Three, six, nine, twelve, fourteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Since nineteen ninety. Three, six, nine, tw- uh, twelve, fourteen. How about that? And Indiana isn't going to celebrate. They didn't celebrate the 10-year anniversary. They didn't celebrate the 20-year anniversary. They didn't celebrate the 30-year anniversary. It's a 40-year anniversary. Scott Dolson and the boys in Indiana will probably run out some old descript African-American football player from 1978 that threw for one touchdown against Rice. Amazing world. Amazing world. All right. I'm on my soapbox today. Anyway, have a great afternoon, everybody. We're getting ready uh, to go full football mode. Tomorrow we will be totally in football mode. The Colt Cubs play this afternoon. So let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to smoke shit, shower, shave, and shampoo. I'm going to go work out. I got to go to the bank. I might door dash for a minute because I'm putting more money into my bikes program. And then I'm going to come home do a bunch of stuff and get ready for the Cubs game. I'm going to lose this bet, but I'm going to bet a ton of money on the Cubs today. I just am because I want something to do in the afternoon. I got nobody to play golf with. I'm going to play, I don't know, pickleball maybe later. I don't know, but I got to get a bunch of work done. So join me. If you make a bet on the Cubs, let me know what it is. Let me know what it is. Please, please. Have a great day, everybody.